Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is August 10th. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about a few verses that I read yesterday, but that we didn't really have the time to delve into. And these verses are about the stripling warriors. So let's take a look at Alma chapter 53, verses 20 and 21. It says, And they were all young men, and they were exceedingly valiant for courage, and also for strength and activity. But behold, this was not all. They were men who were true at all times, in whatsoever thing they were entrusted. Yea, they were men of truth and soberness, for they had been taught to keep the commandments of God and to walk uprightly before him. Now, I love the description of the stripling warriors here. Let's take a look at some of the things that were used to describe these men. First of all, it says that they were young men. Now, we don't know how young. We don't have a full understanding of that. But as the scriptures call them young several times, I would guess late teens, but I don't know. No one really knows for sure, but that's my thought. Next, it says that they are valiant for courage. That courage is so important. That attribute that they had to be valiant for courage, to be strong, and to be able to stand up for the things that they believed. President Monson said in a talk called Be Strong and of Good Courage, the call for courage comes constantly to each of us. Every day of our lives, courage is needed, not just for the momentous events, but more often as we make decisions or respond to circumstances around us. Now, I love that quote because it helps me understand that here the stripling warriors are called courageous, but they're not called courageous because just in that moment, all of a sudden they had courage. The stripling warriors were courageous because they had built a life on courage through the everyday decisions that they had made. You and I build that courage the same way every single day through the small decisions that we make. In fact, the stripling warriors weren't courageous because they were naive. They weren't courageous because they thought, well, we'll be just fine. Nothing will happen to us. Well, we're perfect. Everything's great. War's not that scary. They weren't courageous because they were naive. They were courageous because they had faith. Their courage and their faith went hand in hand. We learn in a couple of chapters that they believed that God would deliver them. They were courageous because they had faith that God would deliver them. And they had that faith because they had been taught by their mothers. Their mothers had taught them something. They had experienced testimony in the things that were being taught. And they had faith. They had faith that they would be delivered. Their courage and their faith were two sides of the exact same coin. And it can be the same for us. As we have faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we have faith in our Father and His great plan of salvation, as we have faith in our Savior Jesus Christ, it allows us to have courage to make hard choices every single day. It allows us to have courage to stand up for what we believe. Courage to reach out to the one. Courage to testify of truth. Courage to be the people that Heavenly Father would have us be. Our courage and our faith can also be two sides of the exact same coin. So I love that description of them and of their courage. Next, it says that they were true at all times. True in that sense means that they were always loyal and they were always trustworthy. Now, I love that it says that they were true at all times in whatsoever thing they were entrusted. My friends, what have you been entrusted with? And can this same thing be said of you? I'm afraid that sometimes I am not as true 
as the stripling warriors. Life gets in the way and sometimes I drop the ball on things that I've been entrusted with. I drop the ball in ministering. I drop the ball in my calling sometimes. I drop the ball in so many different little ways. But my friends, our Father in Heaven has entrusted us with so many different things. As parents, He's entrusted us with our children. As ward members, He's entrusted us in callings. As friends, He's entrusted us as ministers. He's entrusted us with our testimonies. You and I can be true in all things that He has entrusted us with. We can be loyal and faithful in those things. But again, it takes courage, it takes faith, it takes action. And we will all fall short sometimes. But that doesn't mean we can't continue to press forward, being true, being courageous, being righteous, and obeying God's commandments. Next, it says that they were men of truth and soberness. Now, the question is why? Why were they so good? At the end of verse 21, it says, because they had been taught to keep the commandments of God and to walk uprightly before him. Now, this blows my mind because this scripture doesn't say, yeah, Bob and Jim and Dan and Josh were great. They were men of soberness. They were men of understanding. They were men of truth, of courage. No, it doesn't say that. It says they, all of them. Here you have 2,000 young men, and this statement can be said of all of them. And we know it's true of all of them because not a single one of them was lost. 2,000 young men, and this description is true for all of them. That is crazy. I taught seminary for four years, and in that time, I probably had about 200 students. And if I were to make a rough estimate, I would say that about 35% of them are still going strong. Now, I was a pretty good teacher. I don't, I don't. 100% think that that's my fault. I hope that's not my fault. I tried really hard. But the fact that all 100% of these young men are described as courageous, true, valiant, faithful, that's baffling that they were all so strong and good. Now, as I was thinking about why and talking to my parents about why, why they were all so good, why they all made it, why they all had such incredible faith, we were talking about Several times in the scriptures, we see miracles. We see these great, big, grand events, and we see a group that is a witness to these events. Now, a group that is witness to one of these events, like seeing the Savior, having that close, personal testimony of him, the percentage of people who stay strong and faithful is super high. And even more in the next generation, when they can say, hey, my parents saw this, and they taught me about it, the percentage that stay converted, super high. And in the third generation, maybe a little less, and the fourth, a little less. But think about the experience of the parents of the stripling warriors, the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, their conversion, their testimony, and their love for the Lord was incredible. In fact, in Alma chapter 24, there are several scriptures where the anti-Nephi-Lehi's say it was all we could do to repent. They talk about their stain being taken from them. They talk about the power of redemption and their testimony of Jesus Christ. They had this incredible, converting, life-changing experience. And because of their strength, their conversion, their testimonies, that same desire to be close to God, close to the Savior, and repentant was passed on to their children. Not through genetics, not through luck, but through dedication and teaching. Now, my friends, disclaimer here, I've given it several times, but I'm going to give it again. Please, if you have children who are wayward, 
who have not chosen to follow the gospel. Please do not think that your conversion wasn't sufficient, that your teaching wasn't enough, that your testimony didn't shine bright enough. Trust that you did everything to bring your children to the Lord. But also know that our children, no matter how much we teach, no matter how much we love, no matter how hard we try, our children will still choose for themselves. But here, for the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, their conversion was so great, their testimony so strong, their teaching so great, that it would seem, from what we see here, that all of their children followed their example, that all of them continued in the faith and became these powerhouse young men, converted to the Lord, loving the gospel, strong and courageous in their beliefs, and trustworthy in everything that they were entrusted with. Michael Wilcox, an LDS author, said, In short, the testimony of a parent is a powerful tool for stirring up the minds of children to feel after God. Next to life itself, testimony is the greatest gift parents can give to a child. The sharing of their own faith, beliefs, and confirmations in such a way as to arouse in the minds of the child a desire to receive a testimony in like manner. My friends, this is the faith of the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. The incredible experience they had, the incredible personal experience they had with redemption of Jesus Christ, their powerful witness of his love and his teachings and his gospel was shared with their children, and their children took the torch and carried on that faith, that love, and that testimony of Jesus Christ. My friends, it's not foolproof and it's not perfect because our children have their agency, but I do testify that our faith, our conviction, and our love of God can be passed on to our children, that our lives can be an open book of testimony for them, and that as they see how we live and how we love the Lord, hopefully it will instill in them a love of God for themselves. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to subscribe, to like, to comment, and to share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.